0: podcast time is here podcast time is here again for the dog l- that's rubbish that's just shit <laughs> that is the worst introduction <laughs> <extra laughs> um Uh, Good evening and welcome to the Dark Laughs podcast. We were going to try and do something uh, interesting and original for the opening of the podcast instead of our usual Hey! which is kind of a bit jazz hands and made to think of some sort of really shit local radio.
1: Jazz hands kind of sounds like a disease that you might get if you were sleeping with an entire theatre troupe.
0: I imagine it probably is. I imagine if you did sleep with an entire... Theatre troupe.
1: Maybe think... it doesn't actually describe your hands. Maybe it's like, oh, I've got terrible jazz hands on my penis.
0: And <laughs> actually. Well, well, as we know, people who work in the theatre have particularly small hands. So a handprint on a penis would... <laughs> How did uh...
1: you learn this? How did you find this out about people in theatre, Um
0: I examined a lot of hands and a lot of penises and just put two and two together.
1: It's a tale as old as time. Two hands, two penises. Um, a manoeuvre, I... which we, we call the... Uh... The slalom after the, the look of a person going down a ski slope with a, a rod in both hands.
0: I've got to say, this podcast, again, we're not very good at starting podcasts. The podcast just seemed to meander into the... We, we, we had an ambition for the start of this podcast. It was going to be musical. It was going to be beautiful. It was going to be great. But instead...
1: Talking about penises.
0: Again. Again, we're talking about...
1: I think we found our level, Sam.
0: We found our niche. Okay. <laughs> Uh, there's going to be a whole load of people like I kind of imagined when we started doing this, that we'd have kind of uh, a quite uh, an intellectual audience. Guardian I knew reading. you were going to
1: say intellectual. Yeah. You vain prick.
0: People oh. People would, would kind of respond to us like, like they're doing the Guardian comments are free.
1: Oh. And
0: they go, uh, dear Simon Tim, I was eating my hummus while chalking along to you. <laughs> and instead, we're going to have people who like listening to conversations about penises.
1: Sam, don't be down on the people who like the conversations about penises. It's part of our valuable cultural discourse.
0: All I'm saying is I don't think the two really slot together. I kind of feel like my dreams are being shattered yet again.
1: This is just a metaphor for the fact that you don't believe that intellectual people can get laid.
0: No, no, Tim, I know. I know it's a fact. (laughs) Uh, I know that because of pretty much
1: my childhood um sam if you were getting laid in your childhood something would be wrong yeah the pedoph- like childhood you know the definition of childhood is the period when nobody sleeps with you right
0: yeah the pedophiles were well, no <laughs> yeah there's no no pedophiles
1: oh well they're, sam. They're yeah. all after
0: the other boys and girls so yes. what is this going on right this is um the dark laughs podcast um and uh, today we're doing uh, essentially we both fail to prepare anything um I think in
1: preparation e- frankly is is quite beside the point of the dark glass podcast which we've already established today is about penises and how drunk i can get between the the start and the end of the episode it's only half an hour so i really have to crack them in
0: i think i think uh, you know learning your lines or writing something for the podcast is it intellectual worth shows you're weak uh which is why i fundamentally refuse to do it and um, so today we're going to be talking about uh just shit jobs we've had and shit job applications
1: it's the um, job seeker special it is I think the job seeker special yes i think this is relevant and intellectual sam i think with the government mandating that anyone you know with a broken spine or uh or you know, perhaps a, a crippling mental disorder. That you know, they believe that they're made out of glass. Their entire body will shatter if they perform any physical exercise. You know, the government's new mandates that these people should work twenty-eight hours a day until they die, and then are turned into pesticide, which which Tesco can use to to kill off the proles working in their stores for free.
0: So what you you're know, saying, Tim, is that, that what we're creating here is relevant?
1: Exactly.
0: I'm not sure. And identifiably I'm with that.
1: left-wing.
0: Well, uh, well, the left-wing stuff I'm very comfortable with. I, if there's anything we can do to cling, to kind of bring back the Guardian readers, and kind of push away the penis lovers, uh, Sam, don't be down on the penis lovers. Look, I know, they're our only audience, you know. So I've got, to, in a way, we've got to kind of pander to their
1: needs. I love penis lovers. I have a penis, and I want people to love it. Not you know, not everybody. Not everybody, but a subset. So Tim, why is this a job seeker special? It's a job seeker special, Sam, because I have been seeking for jobs at the moment. and this makes me feel like quite a sad, quite a dirty person um, because it's impossible to write a job application which is simultaneously examples of all your, your best skills and qualities and all your achievements and all the things that you've done which you think, yeah, this would really contribute to an organization, and I could definitely add to the value chain. I could be a contradip- I could contribute to the value chain for this organization, I could raise profits, I could raise stakeholder expectations, and it's impossible to do that without feeling like a cunt. Like a, like a, a real shit pack.
0: I think, uh, I mean, how, how many applications have you done so far,
1: I've lost count. Admittedly, you know, I tend to lose count after it goes over two hands worth. That's ten, right? Um, so I don't think... I'm not like one of these people who's been like, I've put in 500 job applications and I've had one interview and they spat on me. So I'm not there yet. But, I went for um, the job of king of the world, but unfortunately... It's never Um, that, though. No, no, in these tragic stories, whenever it's someone who's put in 400 applications, it's like, I worked for 60 years holding down my own business. I single-handedly turned around the economic situation in my hometown. I had offers from London, but I didn't leave because I believed in the power of Bradford. But then, everything fucked up. And now, the only offers I get are for cleaning the shit off the arse of the unbelievably wealthy. I won't take it. And, you know, who wants to be a shit cleaner? Nobody. Really? Nobody no wants anybody. to be a shit cleaner. It's just not a nice job. And you kind of see it. You kind of... Yeah, it's a grim time. Ooh, maybe we're too relevant, Sam. This is getting a bit dangerous.
0: This is a bit... R- r- um, have you had any truly uh, horrendous like job applications in your time? Or, or interviews?
1: I... I had a job application recently where they handed me a piece of paper and, and some crayons, and they said, draw your life, and then they left. And I thought, well, this is obviously a very nice, quirky way of getting a sense for me as a person. But the problem was, all I could sort of draw was this sort of inward spiral of, of black crayon. Sort of, I, I cut a hole in the centre of the paper and, and just wrote lies on the table underneath it
0: and essentially you're saying you didn't get that job
1: pretty much yeah Yeah,
0: that's it's kind of weird that I, I would have thought that you know a piece of paper with a hole in the middle with lies written around it would be perfect material
1: <laughs> um, i don't know what i'm doing wrong sam i've talked you know I've, I've spoken with the people at my uh, my old university you know the alumni care people who go come on we're going to make sure you're getting a job to help our statistics you know they say they say the spiral with the lies at the centre is perfect, but it didn't work for me. Have you ever had any really shit interviews?
0: I've had I've had uh, one horrendous interview, um, where I had what not. Was it, for? it was for a head of marketing job, which I didn't get uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. on account of having a, a quite long, and outstandingly brutal argument with the chief executive and two members of the board. Um, essentially calling them an idiot, um you know yeah, that'll do it. I'll, I'll still cling to the fact that I was right
1: uh, <laughs> but you didn't get the job but
0: I didn't get the job uh, i mean i I was thinking about this the other day about where where have all the jobs gone, and uh, I think there's a clear trend tim yeah uh in recent years in the decline of one type of person and you know the equal decline in jobs okay okay you you're bearing with me here. Okay, what, what's what been on the downfall recently?
1: Dictators. Dictators. <laughs> Dictators, Sam. Yeah,
0: Saddam. That's where. It, that's,
1: yeah, Saddam. Saddam. How? Yeah. Gaddafi. Gaddafi.
0: <laughs> the Egyptian guy.
1: That chap from Egypt.
0: I mean, to be honest, that's where all the good jobs were. I mean, you know they they had regimes there was a lot of people who could be part of a regime people when, like a
1: regime you know you say fitness regime people are on it people like that especially
0: you know a certain type of people daily mail readers they like the word regime but you know you know they kind of, i've noticed and you know i have not made a graph not a full graph anyway but i've been doing like employment figures and i noticed that it, with the de- decrease in dictators there's been an increase in employment that's uncanny I, all, all i'm that's saying that's amazing so it related. has
1: absolutely nothing to do with the conservative bastards absolutely nothing not to do with them
0: i will defend i will defend the conservative party to the end because i do believe that they have absolutely no influence at all over <laughs> employment i believe it is truly just down to the downfall of dictators
1: this is this is enlightening sam so it's nothing to do with removing demand from the economy Absolutely. Oh, that's that's enlightening. Have you am alive. Have you ever considered
0: getting a job as an MP or applying to be an MP?
1: Oh, God, yeah. I've thought about that and I've thought, I don't get it. I assume nice people must enter the arena, but they don't seem to survive, do they? Look at the Liberal Democrats. I, you know, the Lib- Liberal Democrats, I look at them and I think, Oh, oh the Liberal Democrats, oh, they're so cuddly. Like a little liberal Democrat. It's like a duck. Like a little baby duck. A little yellow duck with a fluffy little head. It's got a little fluffy tufty head. A little liberal Democrat. Oh, and we don't expect much. We don't expect much. You know, they say, oh, oh, we won't do much. We won't put in our own policies. We won't do much. We'll just be a a controlling influence on the Conservatives.
0: Yeah, my arse. Yeah. The thing is, I kind of wonder whether, you know, if I did become an MP, how long it would take before I didn't recognise myself in the mirror anymore. Um, Which is kind of sad, isn't it? It's kind of, it's the opposite of what democracy democracy should be, you know, when people go, I'm not enough of a cunt to work in politics. (laughs) Because that's pretty damning. You know, politics should be about having the best people and the best of us you know, helping the rest for the greater good. It, it shouldn't be about finding who's got the most personality flaws and putting them in the one room.
1: Maybe we should just get previous contestants from Big Brother and make them run for government. We can make the the corpse of Jane Goody the new prime minister, and I think it would have a better track record for egalitarian policies and supporting the disabled.
0: I think what's quite interesting at the moment is that you've got this government we've gone a bit political haven't we jesus yeah we've got we've got um a government no have...
1: sam sam stop stop we need a willy joke
0: okay um nobs just you can't just say <laughs> nobs that's not enough
1: uh, no our... we're not on radio one we can't you know,
0: just there's, do that. there's a
1: load of people <laughs> it's radio one nobs everyone's going yeah <laughs> yeah he said nobs you yeah, <laughs> oh, hear him he's really cool yeah, yeah. oh mate i'm munted i was out on the on the, what do people say? I don't know what
0: people. Trevor's said. just texted in. He said that word knobs was fantastic. Here's the Sugar Babes. Um, I don't listen to a lot of Radio One. Um,
1: yeah, Sugar Babes are a bit out. I they think, probably
0: are. I have no idea think, about music.
1: I think no. I think popular music has just been replaced with a single screaming fetus.
0: Yeah, I I kind of tried to work out what what popular music lyrics are now, and essentially. Uh, they, there's just two lines well, you need to know. Is do you want it? I got it.
1: <laughs>
0: and 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 that's that's that's. Let's of... be
1: fair. Let's be fair. Popular music, since it distinguished itself from coming to the garden Maud, um has essentially revolved around one concept, which is we are young and unmarried. Let's have premarital sex.
0: <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. But I'm talking in the literal sense, the only lyrics that exist, uh, you want it, I got it. There there aren't any more.
1: They really pared down the concept to its bare bones. Like you think about the good
0: old days. You think about kind of Lennon McCartney. Okay. Let it be. Okay.
1: It's quite an elaborate song.
0: It is. An elaborate elaborate song. Now imagine if you replaced all the lyrics with you want it, I got it. You want it, I got it. You want it. I got it. It just doesn't quite have the same ring. But at the I same know, time, I, I can imagine <laughs> a lot of people with their beatboxes listening to it.
1: Can you go with that? I want to beatbox along
0: to that. Okay. Oh, you want to beatbox? Yeah. Completely <coughs> <the stage>. changed. <coughs> <Boom. coughs> you know, that's,
1: that's the name okay. of my beatbox. Do you want but... to start
0: start your beatboxing? And then I'll kind of come in with the orchestral mar- masterpiece. <coughs> Boom.
1: No, we're really not timing. We're here. getting
0: gradually slower. I think that that was the problem there.
1: Uh, um, yeah, so back to the topic of jobs. Um, yeah. So um, I have got a weird job, and I bet you it will top any weird job. Not my current job, I should say. My, my current job... We're figuring out how to publish a children's book, which ends with a ten-year-old girl sentencing her entire family to death. But, um, aside from that, not it's a weird a
0: tale job. as old as time.
1: <laughs> it's probably in the Bible. Um, but I've had a weird job, um, which I will detail, but you have to tell me your weirdest job. What's the weirdest thing you've ever done?
0: Uh, I once played a dead body in a theatrical production of
1: Steptoe and Son. Boom! <laughs> the Steptoe and Son really raises it, actually. It okay. does. Nobody expects Steptoe and Son.
0: Nobody expects... Uh, I, I had to come on with a mask on, which was the face of somebody else in the cast who'd just been killed because their ghost was about to come on. Um, That's and during the- a blackout, I had to rush on stage, lie down, and then somebody else would come in, trip over me, discovering the body, while the person I was meant to be was an angel looking down on me. And then, that's... at the end of the play, I stood up first and took the first bow.
1: That's a plot element in Noises Off, surely. It's getting that way. Oh, God, that's terrible. Oh. Did you slap the director?
0: Uh, no, no, I was very young and naive at
1: the time. <sighs> okay, now I can definitely top that. Okay. Um, so my weirdest job was plucking owls. Um, so you had a job plucking owls? Yeah. Yeah, for science.
0: Right. Uh, well, were they like they're presumably dead owls?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is where it falls apart. I do have to clarify. They were previously dead. Out. They were dead at the time. They remained dead. They started. You know, they were dead before we got them. We, I have Do you know how we we, we got the owls? Um, uh, through the post. I thought you were going to say shrink wrapped. <laughs> No no they didn't come so there's this thing called the predatory bird monitoring survey which i assume is advertised through the RSPB basically if you find a dead interesting bird not a pigeon you know that's a bit rubbish but if you find something that eats other birds um there are people you can mail it to and you you know we get we get sort of messages through we get phone calls through saying hi i found a dead owl like, okay cool well um it's friday Please don't send it to us today, because if you do, it will be stuck in the post over the weekend, and we'll get in trouble. So could you keep it in your freezer? And people would do that. Um, but yeah, there's a surprising number of dead uh, birds of prey in the, in the postal service. Um, would, would you just... like
0: to know another of my weird jobs? Yeah, go on. I was once Mo Molan's whiskey handler. Boom. That's two. Well, I keep forgetting about all these weird jobs I've had. Um, my my good. role was to pour out whiskey for Mel What? <laughs> yeah. What? It, it's pretty much up there. Um, I think with the weird stakes. Um, that's, that's just inexplicable. How much whiskey did Momolan need? Um, a shitload. I mean, she got through a whole bottle in a book signing. Um, <laughs> so I mean, it, it was it was quite a distressing amount to be honest. A, little, a bottle in a book signing a bottle in a book signing um she she could really pack pack it away do you have anything anything else apart from your owls
1: no that really is the best i mean the 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 only thing i can add to it is that at one point i was walking through the uh the well the corridors of this uh, research institute holding a bin bag full of barn owls um and and just thinking that it was like some ghastly title from a series of charming animal um, fiction books for young girls along the lines of Pony in the Pantry, Dog in the Doorway, Barn Owls in the Bin Bag. Um, yeah, a bit grim. No, I've never had a job otherwise as weird as that. What's your worst job been? Um, paid job? Uh, I didn't... Uh... Either or. Mm. Uh. You know, I haven't had, I really haven't had the rubbish end of it. I really haven't. I had a a mate who, um, I've got a mate who I I judge this by. His job was like telesales, and he was told explicitly on his first day. um, So we don't follow employment law here, and um, if you don't meet your salary at the end of the week, um, then we'll fire you. Um, So, yeah, uh, he realized he was part of this sort of, Self-perpetuating chain of uh, slaves who uh, had to guarantee a certain amount of sales each week, or they'd be summarily executed. Um, I've got nothing that comes close to that. Have you ever had any really rubbish jobs?
0: Um, I, I've had a few, you know, because I'm obviously working uh, in marketing, uh, the soul-destroying job of shame, um, mostly revolving around either flyering. Uh, in extremely hot weather, in uh, a full Victorian outfit.
1: Um, which... See, I, I intentionally subjected my cast on an Edinburgh Fringe run um, to flying for events while wearing um, just their pants, and um, and we cellophaned like two of them together, so we get a big you know uh, cling film. We just wrap them up in the cling film and they'd be back-to-back, back, and then we'd shove oranges in their mouths, and they'd have to walk down the uh, the mile. And kind of the worst thing was that other people flying for their events would just tuck their flyers into the cling film. Um, the other thing was there was no dressing, so they just had to get undressed on the mile into their pants, and then we cling film them. Um,
0: I had a job uh, where I had to stuff envelopes, uh, 6,000 envelopes, <laughs> um, on my own. And uh, what made it slightly worse is the fact that I was given these envelopes. So it's an envelope, I had to fold the letter in half, add a sticker, put a, a flyer in and then seal it. Um, and I did uh, four and a half thousand of them. And then uh, somebody else who worked with the organisation came down and went, oh, have you not put the other flyer in? So then I had to open all four and a half thousand of the flyers and the envelopes, start from the beginning and refill them until I'd done six thousand uh, flyers with, with, in envelopes with letters. And it, it only got worse when I went upstairs and they went, Did you not use the stuffing machine? Well, no, because nobody showed it to me. Oh. And uh, that was four days of my life uh, where I lost the will to live and got paper cuts.
1: I, um, I had a job which was not so much bad as tragic. I was doing data entry for a healthcare trust and they put out a survey and, people had sent in their responses and you were just supposed to rate the quality of your local GP and just say you know how good are they Um, you weren't supposed to give any identifying information certainly not about yourself every so often you would find something from presumably a old woman living alone that was kind of the impression you got and they would write something to the effect of I am a vulnerable old woman living alone. Please rob me. Um, you know, that wasn't... It, it, you know, I'm a paragon of virtue, as can obviously be told by this, but presumably these people thought that the sainted GPs who administered to their every wounds and gave them vital human contact and, and laughed at their jokes every you know every, every two weeks or so whenever they saw them were the same people who were reading these anonymous information letters uh, and therefore they provided detailed instructions on how to break into their house and steal the money that they stuffed in their mattress and um, it was just horrible just so tragic oh that were grim that um we're gonna have to draw to
0: a close for our podcast um, <sighs> this has been the easiest podcast to do for ages just because we've not had any sort of central narrative uh, or fake kind of structure to adhere to Um,
1: i i like how it's going i fear that if we keep with this we will basically just end up describing our own fallacies for the entire duration of the half hour just go sam i you know i i like your description of your your organ but i think there's a lot more to be said about my organ i I, i'm concerned that that's where this is going to end up
0: certainly a direction it could go yeah. Um. How how are we going to end?
1: Boom!
0: I I think maybe we should end on a song, um, with you beatboxing, um, and then I'll kind of play the piano part and do you want yeah. it? I, I got it. And then we'll just yeah. fade it out, and then we'll do some extra Sam. bit of advertising, just mentioning where my website is. And you know, you can <laughs> mention yours too, but I'll probably cut that out. You does shit. does does that sound like a plan? <laughs> You want it? I got it. You want it? I got it. You want it? it?
1: has been the dark laughs podcast if you've enjoyed this what the hell is wrong with you uh but failing that uh you can check out sam's website dark laughs.com. is that right dark laughs.com. It is uh,
0: dot com yes
1: fantastic Or oh, tim's uh unsuitable for adults dot but don't worry i really haven't added any content since before christmas um yeah see you soon sexy
0: ta